The horizon is wide and the highway is calling. That means it's time for another episode of American Roads Trip Talk. I'm your host, Gary Mance, with a welcome and an invitation to travel the byways and back roads of yesteryear, searching for America in every incomparable mile. I give that standard greeting every week. So happy to have you with us. We haven't gotten the green light yet. So if you are sheltering in place, join the club. We are all waiting for that invitation to travel to become official. And then there are so many wonderful places to see. You can't decide which place to go to first. Think about that. We'll be back with an expert on America's scenic byways. What an interview awaits us right after this. Let's face it, Nevada's slice of Interstate 80 is a stretch of highway most motorists expect to blast down, pedal to the metal on their way to somewhere, well, else. But those folks, they're missing out. They're missing out on a road trip brimming with real deal Western heritage that we like to call Nevada's Cowboy Corridor. Discover the lively, history-rich communities waiting just down those off-ramps with Travel Nevada's Cowboy Corridor podcast. Hear from Nevadans who, over several generations, have formed a deep bond with the northern Nevada landscape and kept its western vibes alive. Meet the maker of the country's only ranch-brewed beer, the founder of Winnemucca's Buckaroo Hall of Fame, the owner of one of the American West's most legendary custom saddle and leather shops and far more. From Basque sheep herding to ranch brewed beer, ghost towns to modern mining, and of course, plenty of buckaroo tradition. Learn just how deep the history and heritage along the Cowboy Corridor runs. Head to soundcloud.com slash Travel Nevada to listen to all three parts of Travel Nevada's Cowboy Corridor podcast. And of course, there's plenty more where that came from at travelnevada.com. Welcome back to American Road Trip Talk. Glad you're along for the ride. Sharon Strauss has been involved with the National Scenic Byway Program since 1997. As executive director of the National Scenic Byway Foundation, she leads a member-driven nonprofit organization to be the national voice of scenic byways and roads, along with their national partners. Supporting byway leaders to protect and enhance their byway resources has been her aspiration. Through planning, fundraising, and education, she has gained experience at the local, state, and national levels working with byways and byway leaders after 30 years. Sharon is an emeritus professor with Ohio State University Extension Community Development and owns a small business, Design Impressions, in Millersburg, Ohio. She enjoys working with youth as leader of a local 4-H club, belonging to a monthly book club, volunteer naturalist activities, church missions, and choir. Somehow she found time to join us today on Trip Talk, and indeed we welcome Sharon Strauss. Sharon, we're so glad to have you along. I am certainly glad to be here, Gary. Scenic byways. Oh, it makes people nostalgic. It gets people itchy to get out on the open road. Circumstances being what they are, we can't quite do that yet. It, hardly any of us could, really, with non-essential travel being discouraged, if not forbidden. But there the byways are, those lovely scenic places that we would love to visit. And I thought it would be great to get together with you today, Sharon, so that we can look ahead to travel memories to be made, hopefully in the near future. Well, we really believe that um, after this um, emotional time in the United States, that a lot of people are reassessing their travel because, you know, business as usual, you know, got stopped. So I think that people will reassess their travel um, goals 
and think about how they can come closer to the stories uh, of America, past, present, and future stories, not not just nostalgic. I think I think there's a lot of uh, natural, recreational, and uh, cultural byways that bring you close to to the current uh, condition and the contemporary atmosphere and stories we have to tell. And those stories are endless. And I want to get to some of that, Sharon. But before we do, I did want to ask you, because it's clear that your organization, the National Scenic Byway Foundation, is far more than just a clearinghouse of information about the scenic byways. You're part of the advocacy, the protection, and the the creation of new ones, adding to the system, because it's not a done deal. There's always opportunity for more to be added into the current system. Tell us about your advocacy and how that works systemically to preserve and enhance the byways. Well, I think that the first advocacy is at the local level. The idea that our mission is to empower, strengthen, and sustain byways. So we have the, the byways that want to be, um, and they're currently working at it. And I was on the phone today with a group of about 20 byways that are applying for national nomination this this round this one-time round with uh fhwa and those are people that have worked at the local level sometimes for 5 10 15 years to work on their own byways and their own plans they've gotten state designation um, now they're working on a national designation and they're just really hungry to tell their story to everyone and when that story gets out it gets it gets people excited not only about seeing them, but about supporting the system itself. It seems to me, Sharon, and you would know far, far more than me about this, there needs to be some interrelatedness and actual cooperation. How about that? Cooperation right. at the local, state, and, and federal that's, level. That's where the second step of advocacy, advocacy comes in. You know, you can have all this energy at the local level, but, you know, you need to let the people, you know, in your state tourism offices or your state DOTs, and then you have to bring that to another level with sharing with uh, U.S. Travel Association and telling people on social media uh, not only what your stories are, but what you're trying to protect, what you're trying to enhance so that you can improve what you have for the visitor experience. Part of that has to do with getting people to fully appreciate the fact that as we were setting up this interview and you said to me just the other day, Sharon, car travel is healthy. It's good to be yeah. healthy. We're reminded of that as never before. So car well, travel. Science, yeah, science yeah. suggests that every person to, be, to have good uh, optimal health and well-being and think of those people in urban areas that don't get out too much, but they say that every person needs approximately two hours a week of just being outdoors. Now, that might seem simple to a lot of people who live in an area that's, you know, surrounded by nature or in a rural atmosphere, but there are a lot of people that don't have that natural opportunity to be outdoors on a regular basis. So even scenic driving is a good opportunity for that um, because you're going to get away somewhere when you take that scenic drive. It's kind of interesting when they do surveys about Americans and what they want to do for pleasure. The number one thing that they want to do for recreation and pleasure is walking, 
But number two is scenic driving for Americans. So I think that's pretty neat. And some of the health benefits have shown over and over that getting out with nature, and that includes driving along a scenic drive because you're going to be surrounded by nature most times along a scenic drive, or else you're also surrounded by uh, 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 curiosity to learn more things. You know, things like it lowers your blood pressure and increases your vitamin D levels and it relieves stress and depression. Um, those are some of the things that have been shown over and over that getting out into nature and then taking that scenic drive does for you. Um, one, one time they were doing a study on people that drove to work. And let's, I don't remember how many minutes it was, but let's say it's a 20-minute drive. And those that took the 30-minute drive, the fastest was a 20-minute drive, but those people that took the scenic drive and it took them a little longer, they arrived at work with a better attitude for, from which to work for the day. So it did relieve some of the stress that, that has to do. So even just that driving to work scenic drive or making that choice to do that can release some stress. That would be music to the ears of listeners all over this country. This is a podcast that's distributed far and wide. It originates, however, as a live broadcast to the city of Seattle and environs. Now, these days, it's not so as you'd notice. However, Seattle is notorious for its traffic congestion. And you emphasize quite properly, Sharon, the use of the phrase scenic driving, because if you're stuck on I-5 or I-405 or I-90 trying to get from point A to point B, you aren't thinking about how healthy it is. You just can't wait to get out of your car. Scenic <laughs> driving is a totally different experience. That's correct. And it's also when you're when most of scenic drives, you have the opportunity to slow down and pull off. And that's another thing that when we're stuck on those uh, roadways that we talk about, that's another thing that that gives us stress is we don't have the opportunity to make many choices when we're on those roadways. No, that's absolutely true. And yet there are so many choices to be made state by state. It's remarkable how many scenic byways are available and more come on maybe every year. I mean, within the last year, there have been a couple, I don't know, in Appalachia, for example, Ohio, where you live, has been quite busy in that regard. There are places that you can go. You can take your time. You can make your choices and you can plan ahead. That's part of the beauty of this scenic driving campaign that you promote. For example, in Washington State, if you talk about the Cascade Loop, do you know I lived just over two decades in Puget Sound area, various places, and I never got out on that. I'm ashamed of myself. The Cascade Loop was, was available the whole time, and I promise you the next time I go out to Washington State, I currently live in Florida, I'm going to make sure to take that loop. It must be gorgeous. And that pit is the byway leader for the Cascade Loop. She was on a call with me just yesterday, so it's interesting you mentioned that. Um, thousands and thousands of people visit there every year, and they're just amazed at the natural beauty and surroundings up there in Washington. If people say, well, it's not a main thoroughfare, so I wonder about the safety of the roads, I think that's part of the advocacy that you lead, the idea that scenic byways are scenic, yes, because of the scenery, that's in the it's implied by the term, but also the condition of the roadways, which is exceedingly important. 
Well, there's a variety of conditions of roads, and I'm glad you brought that up because part of the collection of byways in this United States, now let, let's just give you some numbers here. There's well over a 1,000 state byways. So they may not be national, but they're state-recognized for whatever intrinsic quality. It might be scenic, and you mentioned, yes, it might be scenic in their name, but it might not be their primary intrinsic quality. It might be for their recreational opportunities. It might be for the natural opportunities. It might be historic. And historic isn't always scenic. It kind of depends on your perspective. Cultural. And archaeological, the Trail of the Ancients in Colorado near the Four Corners area, that's a fantastic place to learn a little bit about our, our heritage and what, and of America and all the history that's in, involved with that. Um, I'm also excited because it involves the collection of uh, a Bureau of Land Management byways. There's, I think, 54 or 57 Bureau of Land Management byways. 144 national forest byways. So the the tip of the iceberg is these cream of the crop 150 national scenic byways that have been designated, and and that's a collection called America's Byways, and they went through a very stringent application nomination process to be named best of the best. And you can go to the Federal Highway administration website and read about those 150 byways in America. You also can go to state DOTs most of the time, and it's pretty easy in today's world to Google something, you know, if you're going, if you're going to go back to Washington, you can pretty easily just Google Washington Scenic Byways and probably the travel, the tourism office is going to give you a hint at all those wonderful places in Washington or in any state. So there's a lot of interconnection between the promotion side of these byways and what they have to offer, and also the side where the local um, advisory committee, the locals, are always working to improve the visitor experience that you would have. That's through enhancement of the resources or protection of the resources. Enhancement and protection, allied goals. That's what I got from talking to you about the very idea of having you come on Trip Talk and make, making people more aware. I went to your website, and I'm going to leave that to you if people want to get online and go to the National Scenic Byway Foundation. What is the website? NSBfoundation.com. And when they go there, as I NSB, did, they're going to find NSB for National Scenic Byway and then foundation, nsbfoundation.com. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, it, a beautiful website and a great resource. I discovered, here I am living in Florida. Once again, I'm just sort of uh, advertising my ignorance here a little bit. I got to get out more when the time is opportune. <laughs> Florida has tremendous numbers of roads that take you to these wonderful yeah. historic places. And that's something you were saying at the outset, Sharon. If you want to learn American history, drive the scenic byways of America. They're going to they're gonna tell you the history. You know, you've got uh, most of all of the Lincoln Highway is designated as a state byway from uh, all across the nation, and that was the, the nation's first intercontinental roadway was the Lincoln Highway from New York City all the way to San Francisco. And so most of those uh, through every state, they've got it designated as a scenic byway, mostly for its historic 
purposes. In, in Iowa, for example, they're going for a national scenic byway designation in this in the next coming months. And they have 43 communities. When you travel from one side of Iowa to the other, there's 43 delightful communities that you go through. How much fun is that to stop at, you know, a hometown restaurant and pull off and poke through an antique store and and enjoy your ride instead of pressuring, you know, on the freeway? Uh, I understand that the freeway can be faster but the scenic drive can be healthier and more fun for sure. Oh, I don't doubt that for a second. Let's take Iowa as an example. If people are on one or another of the scenic byways, and as a practical matter, Sharon, you're down to a quarter tank. You not only want to get gas, you're getting tired. You love the scenery, but you want to find some place to stay for the night. The scenic byway systems probably, I'm going to go out on a limb here a little bit, they probably factor in this user-friendly aspect of it so that people who are traveling the byway system have a place to stay, a place to get gas, and, of course, a place to eat. You're going to find that especially when you go from east to west. Let's be, let's be just open about that. Certainly there's areas in the western part of our United States that have vast areas where there's not going to be 43 communities going across uh, a state. But um, what, one of the things to become a national scenic byway, we were just talking about mapping today, that they don't want to ever see, uh, they don't want to designate a byway that doesn't have plans for uh, fuel along the way, that they, they, haven't, um, they haven't checked the resource opportunity for even alternative fuels. And for people that don't know about that, you can always go to the FHWA website. They keep an updated list of where you can go for alternative fuel um, refueling. And there's certain corridors in the United States where they recommend travel where you can get alternative fuels. So, so the, the National Scenic Byway process does put these byways through a rigorous um, uh, purpose of, of looking at what amenities they can offer the traveler. When you go to most of their websites, most of these National Scenic Byways and a lot of state byways, they have their own websites. So when you talked about, you know, opportunities to stay overnight, you know, you can just find your way digitally across the United States on these byways. It's really not hard anymore. But there certainly are places that are more open and more expansive than other places and and you're going to and that that goes with the territory. It definitely does and thank God for modern technology, the computer age because my partner Suzanne and I will get on her iPhone. I'm driving and she's on her iPhone and finding these places which you can either Google or call them up or tell Siri you need something <laughs> and you find <laughs> these places where you can go as never before. This is the time of opportunity for people who want to go back into history while enjoying the present and looking to future travel as the byway system expands. It's really a wonderful time to be thinking in terms of it, though not necessarily at the moment, but we are going to get past this. Well, there's, uh, there's all kinds of apps out there now, um, and I'm not going to mention specific ones because some of them relate to just a, one single byway. But... For example, if you are a history buff and you're traveling through an area, you can always just Google historic sites near me, and they're going to pop up on your phone. So with the byways, they usually um, 
on their mapping and things like that, they're going to tell you where those, those sites are. So that's one of the good things if you're in the area of a byway. You don't just have to rely on randomly finding these things. You could look up just even if it's the day ahead of time, you could look up what you're going to experience in an area and decide what opportunities you could take advantage of. I'm thinking of a state like New York. God bless them. They're really up against it. But that day mm -hmm. will come when people are out and about and planning trips. New York is so rich with history. And I know that's important to you, Sharon, the idea that not only the, the creation of New York as a state, but also you've got Revolutionary War history. You have Civil War history, what New York was like during the World Wars and between and since. There's so much there to visit looking at one state and an extensive scenic byway system in and of itself. That's where history is so rich. That's so wonderful and that's so true. Um, I was reading an application not too long ago uh, for the Lake Salak Scenic Byway up in New York. And it's right there on the edge of the Hudson River and the War of 1812 and how critical uh, everything was and the people that lived there at the time and how they turned the tide of the war and basically, you know, saved this country from uh, the French and the British again. And so it was really interesting uh, to learn some of those turn of events that happened along the Hudson River just north of the New York City uh, and across the the river into Vermont. That makes me curious. Thank you. You anticipated me, Sharon. I was yeah. thinking once you're in New York, you get into the system. I'm wondering what the transfer is or the continuity, perhaps, between a big state like New York and those smaller New England states that have glories all their own. Mm-hmm. It's, it's also interesting to know where the people in populated urban areas go when they want to get away. Uh, right now, my daughter lives in upstate Maine, and one of the things that she's noticing, and I've been reading the Bangor Sun-Herald, and with this um, crisis going on, the people in New York are fleeing up through Massachusetts into New Hampshire and Maine just to get away. Um, I mean, they're taking their work with them and their children with them and everything else. They're opening up summer homes early. They're renting properties. They're, they're moving out of the city just to get away from the crisis. So they're really traveling those byways as, as a way to uh, benefit their health. That's smart in and of itself. And this leads me to ask, you mentioned alternative fuels, Sharon, a little while ago. And I wanted to ask you, I'm very curious about plans for or maybe the existence of electric car power stations where you can go to the power tower there and juice up your car and get back on the road again. Are you seeing a prevalence of that? We're seeing an increase. I don't know that it's a prevalence, but we do talk about it in people's plans for the future. Every byway has what we call a corridor management plan. So you can enjoy the, the wonders of it, but those of us working at the local level and submitting things to our departments of transportation, we have to submit either annually or on a regular basis an update to what we call a corridor management plan. And that's what gets us, uh, helps us sustain our designation as a byway. So in most cases, a byway isn't a given that will always be there. You have to maintain it and enhance it. And that leads me to ask you, Sharon, if we 
if if America is going to, once all this is passed, I mean, our priorities are such that it may not be top sure. of mind in the lives of politicians, and I get that. But when it comes time to look at these other issues, the enjoyment aspect of being in an, uh, an American setting and being an American road traveler, are there upcoming projects that are due to be designated sooner rather than later? We hope so. Um, right now, basically, last September, uh, President Trump signed into law a bill that was allowing designations at the national level for the first time since 2012. And so we are hoping to get additional uh, National Scenic Byway nominations, and they're being accepted by FHWA. Um, there isn't any uh, financial help that comes along with that, but it does give you the designation. And with that, hopefully you can parlay that into some more support on many levels. And we do help uh, people by giving them case studies, sharing examples from other byways, and however else we can help people from our uh, foundation. We're basically, our nonprofit is basically the Friends of the Byway Group. Friends of the Byway Group, and I should because so many of us are on social media, you can be found on Facebook as well. We can, and we have two Facebook sites, one that's somewhat internal, the National Scenic Byway Foundation, and it tells of some of our activities and things. And then another site, America's Byways, just simply America's Byways Facebook page. And we feature stories about going and visiting places all over the country and some of the amenities and uh, linkages and stories and all those things that you can find on those byways. So go to the America's Byways Facebook page and you'll start digging around and getting some ideas for travel. Sharon Strauss, Executive Director of the National Scenic Byway Foundation. What a treasure you are. Thank you, Sharon. Please say you'll come back and we'll talk about more of this wonderful system of byways because there's always more to discover. Anytime, Gary. Just ask. A real pleasure. Thank you, Sharon Strauss. We'll be back right after a message from TravelNevada.com. Hey there, traveler. While you may be hunkered down indoors, that doesn't mean your travel dreams have to be. No matter what's going on out there, we'll be around, keeping you inspired about some incredible memories to come. So feel free to wander around our incredible state right there on your own device at TravelNevada.com or listen to some stories from the road at SoundCloud.com slash TravelNevada. That bears repeating. SoundCloud.com slash TravelNevada. In the meantime, be safe out there. Take care of yourself and the people you love, and we'll see you down the road. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for enjoying another episode of Trip Talk with us. It's just amazing, all the things to discover out on the open road along with Thomas and Becky Rep, co-founders of American Road Magazine. We remind you to visit our website, AmericanRoadMagazine.com, to preview the current issue of American Road. Until next week, drive safely and dream well.